Hey, this is Tim McGregor, and I'm the pastor of LOH Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. The Lord's got you today. We're going to talk about the will of God. And this first message will be called Nurtured in the Spell. Rights reserved to Pastor Tim. I took it from him a little bit, but I want to take it kind of a step further. Let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 10. I love talking about Jesus. I love the red letters, don't you? And this is where we will begin today, and we're going to let the enemy have it. We're going to disarm him. We are going to show his schemes. We're going to show the strategies of the enemy so that it has no power in your life. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to have power. He doesn't need to have land or territory in your life. Amen? Amen. Doesn't need to. All right. So, Matthew chapter 6. We there? Say, I'm there. That's right. All right. And when you pray, this is Jesus. Here, let's stand up. Can we stand up? I'm just going to read just though, just in case I stop, you know. So I'm going to read, but we all stand and we honor the word together. Kind of old-fashioned. That's cool, right? Everybody good? All right. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others not a big deal that you pray being seen but it's the the reason he's talking about truly I tell you they have received their reward in full but when you pray go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is unseen then your father it's so cool Jesus brings the father God almighty is the father to us who sees what is done in secret will reward you come on And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. I need a huge dose of that, God. All right. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And this is where we're going to land, right here. This, then, is how you should pray. Not necessarily what you should pray, but how you should pray. Our Father in heaven... Holy is your name. Other, set apart, different, transcendent, all-powerful is your name. Let your kingdom, everyone say your kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will, everyone say your will. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Say amen. Amen. You may be seated. God, let your kingdom come. Jesus said that his house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And so he tells us right here how we should pray. It's beautiful. A couple of things I want to point out. The first thing is he wants God's kingdom to come, not our own. How many of us when we pray we want our kingdom to come, our will to be done on earth as it is on earth? (laughs) God, let your kingdom come. God, let your will be done even when it doesn't 
makes sense. I want to restore in you the faith and the trust in your good and perfect heavenly father today. That there has been a lie from the depths of hell, call it the spell, that has influenced our culture, influenced our society to not believe the good, good father that we have. So there's that. We want his kingdom to come and his will to be done. That's what we need to pray. But by Jesus saying that it's his kingdom, that we're asking his kingdom to come, in other words, he means that there's another kingdom at work. For us to ask for his kingdom to come, that would assume and imply that there's another kingdom at work and at hand. In this kingdom, Paul writes in Ephesians 2.2, 2, makes it very clear. He said, the way in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. This is Ephesians 2.2, 2, if you're taking notes. God, let your kingdom come. Your will be done. What I believe today is that there is a spell or a curse. And if you recall Pastor Tim talking about it, I know when he um, shared about it, it was really intriguing to me. I was enamored by the idea like of the spell, you know? We've heard of we're under the curse, right? Jesus became a curse for us by dying on the cross for it's cursed as anyone who's hung on a tree. He takes the curse, he takes the punishment, and then he raises from the dead. And I thought about that. And Christ breaks the curse. Christ breaks the spell. Amen? So we don't have to live uh, mastered by sin anymore. We don't have to live by the ways of this world anymore. We are free because Christ broke the curse and broke the spell. But the spell's all around us. And although it's been broken on the inside of us, that the old man has gone and the new man has come. Paul also writes, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That although we're Christians, although we're apprentices and followers of Jesus, we have to realize that the spell is there in our culture and, it, and you're not exempt from its influence. As mothers and, and fathers, of our household. We have to be aware, we have to be awake, we have to be sober and be watchmen on the walls, amen? We have to be watchmen looking for our Savior, asking God, let your will be done in my family, let your will be done in my life, God. I don't want to just conform to the pattern of this world. So there's more to it than just the nature. That all of us were born with an innate susceptibilities to sin. Some different than others, right? But maybe you, you, ha you have your kids and you're like, innate sin? I don't know what that's talking about. My kids are perfect. My kids are angels. That's a joke. You can laugh. <laughs> My kids are not perfect and they're disobedient and they uh, get mad at me and stuff, whatever. But if your kids are perfect now, just give it some time and eventually you'll... <laughs> eventually... You'll influence them enough to uh, <laughs> be around you long enough to get a little bit messed up here and there. <laughs> so it's not, it's not just nature. It's not just our innate susceptibilities that we, that we give into and that, that we feed. But, but Christ broke that. It's also a nurture. 
Because when you go to school for the first time, you realize that not every kid's a Christian. And despite how amazing of parents you had, and I think I had some of the best, they were in the first service, they, they try to put boundaries and parameters on you to succeed and to be successful and to walk in freedom and to walk in everything God has for you. But the first day at school, you know that there's more to it than that. And there's a culture, there's an influence, and, and this curse, this spell, whatever you want to call it, 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 it essentially envelops you. And if you're not careful, like I said, if you're not awake and you're not sober, it can easily cause us to look the same as the world and act the same as the world and talk the same as the world when God wants us to be other, for he set us apart. He tithemay us. He appointed us. I chose you and appointed you, and I set you aside like a tithe for a specific purpose. That's what God's done for us. But the spell comes and it, and it tries to wreak havoc. And I'm going to remind you that the spell has no power for the believer. The spell does not have to have mastery over you or any influence. We can walk as Jesus did. So we need to be seeking the will of God. We need to be open. We need to be awake. Let me ask you, how important is the will of God? for your life, for your family, for your church, for what you're doing, for your ministry, your hands, your feet. How important is the will of God? What's more important, the sport or God's will? Come on. What's more important, that job or God's will? That relationship, that drink, that drug, that, that pleasure, or God's will. What those people think, your, your reputation, your appearance, or God's will. Your followers, or God's will. God's will should be of utmost importance for us. As believers, as followers, of Jesus. Can I pray for us? And we'll talk a little bit about being nurtured in the spell. Lord, you said in John 3 3 that unless a man be born again, he can't even see the kingdom of God. That the that the spell would be so strong and so blinding that we wouldn't even be able to see the will of God. But help us for those that accept Jesus. Right here, right now, you're going to accept Jesus and he washes all of your sins away. He cleanses you so that you can have intimacy with God most high and pray as Jesus did, Father, let your will be done. Right here, right now, you can. And you are saved. And the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Lord, help us to realize the power of the darkness. Help us to realize the power of the spell and the working of the enemy. God, it's foreign tongue to the, to the culture, but Lord, it's the reality. We trust your word. We just talked about what the Bible says. So God, speak to us as we go into your word. Plant seeds, Lord, that would change our lives. We need you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So let's look, just a, just a couple things if you're taking notes. Are you taking notes? You should take notes. That, that would be cool. 
You know, hey, I heard somebody say that uh, if there's an open book test at the judgment day, I want to have all my notes there, okay? So there might just be, I don't, I don't know. I'm not here to say otherwise. So there might just be an open note test. So just take, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. Take notes. <laughs> All right, what the spell has done. Number one, this is just maybe my thoughts, opinion. There's probably a ton more, but number one, it's caused us to explain away God. We've explained him away. We've become God. We've created ourselves the most complex, intricate, detailed creatures in the universe, no designer, we've created ourselves, we live for ourselves, we love ourselves, and it's all about us now. Sound about right? Number two, it's caused us to want parts of God without God. You see, the way Jesus, God, designed the universe was to work in a certain way according to his plan and his purposes and his working. So when you do the things of God, when you do the things of Jesus and you practice the way of Jesus, even without Jesus at times they can work. A man reaps what he sows. And what the world has done, what the enemy has done, he's perverted the way of Jesus to try to do things according to God and his plan and his purpose without God. And to be honest, this might be venting, but I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of the world wanting parts of God, parts of his benefits, characteristics of Christianity without God. They want love, but not God. They want purpose, but not God. They want their will, but not God's. And the whole point of everything is the will of God. And this, for us, this is our purpose. This is our meaning. This is the reason for existing. The reason for life. And we all want it. We want abundance. We want life. We want wholeness. We want satisfaction. We want fulfillment. But we don't want the fountain of this, which is Jesus. The fountain of life. The supplier of your contentment. The breath of your life. The abundance. The fountain is found in Jesus. The prosperity of the soul is only found in Jesus. Don't fall for the counterfeit. No, but we want the will without God. We want the purpose. We want the desire. We want even some of the scriptures sound awfully nice. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That's true. It's scripture, but it's true in the right context. Delight yourself in the Lord. Don't, don't skip over delight yourself in the Lord. Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, his kingdom, not yours. You can't deconstruct your faith and still live under the principles. It's a perversion. You've become your own God with your own truth. Number three, it's caused us to be, I don't mean to be a downer today, but no, nah, there's, there's hope. You'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. Take the journey with me. All right. Caused us to be so obsessed with self, we are blind to the work of the spirit and the work of the enemy. It's just caused us to think things are the way they are. 
It's all just you. It is what it is. What you see is what you get, right? When, when scripture tells me that our battle is not against flesh and blood, our battle is against the spiritual forces of evil, that I saw Satan fall like lightning. There was a time before we began a, a spiritual realm of, of heavenly uh, uh, battles fighting. And, and the Lord of angel armies, he's, he's with us and he's on our side and, and we can't see it. Because we become so obsessed with self and our benefits and introspection and how we look and how our appearance is, how our reputation is, how our followers are, how many friends we have. And we become completely blind. If the shoe don't fit, don't wear it. But often we become completely blind to the work of the Spirit and the work of the enemy. You see, we've been nurtured in the spell. We've been conformed to the flesh, raised in the flesh. And the things of the spirit have become foreign and sometimes even strange to a believer. When scripture, it was foretold what the Holy Spirit was going to do. That young men were going to see visions. That old men were going to dream dreams. Come on, somebody. That we, that we would believe the manifestation and the working of the Spirit. That what you see is not all that you get. Well, I have a power that, that's greater than the grave inside my soul. You can't see it, but it's in me and I believe it. That's what faith is. And that's what we got, church. That's why I said you got to say, I got the mic, devil. You're a liar. I am who God's called me to be. Oh, I need a little bit more than that. Come on, you should be excited. The devil is a liar today. He's told you for so long you don't have a voice. He's told you for so long you're inadequate. He's told you for so long that you will never measure up. That your sin is different than everybody else's. That, that you're under this spell and under this con condemnation and under this generational curse. Stop it. The blood of Jesus is enough for you. Come on, tell him he's a liar. Our battle's not against flesh and blood. Man, how God sees you right now, child of God, under the blood of Jesus. Man, 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 let's fight, let's go. Don't bow, don't budge. Then he's, of course, caused us to explain away the devil. That, uh, yeah, that there's no adversary, that there's no opponent. There's just some bad people, right? At this war going on right now, you watch the news, piles of people dead. Oh, that ain't the work. That's just a bad. I've talked to some bad people, and honestly, I, I've, you know, I could, I could see the image of God. Because if I, do you, do you know that, that before they, they were in their mother's womb, God knew them, not just us? God knit them together. They are fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on, there's a spell. There's, there's, a, there's a working. Guys, we, we can't be the ones that draw the line when God didn't. They have the potential to be children of God. 
My Bible said, whosoever will, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whether you're black, white, Asian, whatever color you are. And we need to stand united because there is a devil. And he's the one we're attacking, not each other. If we're attacking each other, we'll always be limited, guys. Uh, sons and daughters, old and young, every tribe, every tongue, every creed, every color will bow at the knee of Jesus. That's what our church should look like. Come on. There is a devil. And he's fighting for your life. He's fighting for your family's life. And he's fighting for 10 generations from now. And if we're not careful, guys... I'm not saying walking like, like, just like, walking free, walking bold as a child of the king. Know that you got your royalty garments on. Know that you got your Joseph, the coat of many colors on. That you're, you're different. You're not better than anybody, but you just got something on you. Know that you just got something on you. Don't let that spell get on you. I got something on me that I got a steward that I got to take care of till I see him face to face. I can't bow and it don't matter how I feel. No matter how my sickness is, whatever, right? Devil is a liar. I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach. Our whole goal is surrender our wills to his. That's how we find life. That's how we're satisfied. That's how we get on track. Not so much an introspective survey of what's going on. That's valuable. Like we do that at Growth Track and stuff. It can help in a lot of ways. But the first question is asking, who is the Savior and what's he about? I need to know what he wants to do and I'll get in on that. What is this God of the universe? Let your kingdom come, your will be done. What does he want to do? And then I want to get in on that. This is part of the process of discipleship and I like to call it the apprenticeship to Jesus. This is part of following him, part of the process of surrendering our will to his it's like a kid you know all illustrations at times they can have their limits right but I think of when I'm raising my son Duke and stuff uh, there's some things that he does that I don't want him to do <laughs> to put it politely uh, things that could hurt him right things that would not benefit him if he would keep doing them and so what I try to do is I try to set boundaries. I try to set parameters on his life that will benefit him, that will help him. And then within those parameters, he can use his freedom, his unique gifts, and what God's called him to do within those boundaries. Amen? Amen. And that's what God does for us. We have free will. We have agency. You have your own unique gifts, your own unique function. And God says, within these parameters, man, walk and run. This is just a parameter. It's like a track meet. Just thought about that. This, you got to run somewhere. So here's these lines, but, but go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and run. But here's these lines because I want you to win. I want you to run as if to win the prize. It's like a kid and God does that the same way through discipline and everything. So we need to be seeking first his kingdom because the spell is strong and the spell is influential. But oftentimes we have sought our own kingdom and in that kingdom there is no power. In our own kingdom there is no power. There's no power in man. Did you know that? That, that I with my own hands, I cannot heal anybody. 
I cannot set free anybody. I cannot deliver anybody. But thanks be to God, someone greater than me is here. And his name is Jesus. And he's living inside of you. And he's walking up and down the aisles for whosoever will call. He'll come. He's so humble. He's so yielding, almost painfully humble. God, you want to just tell, we want you to take over. But we, he's waiting for someone to ask. He's waiting for someone to seek. Someone to stand up and say, God, if no one else, God, I will. If no one else seeks your kingdom, if no one else wants your will, I will. And you can change the world like that brother you can change the world like that sister with that mentality again we've sought our own kingdom and in that kingdom there's no power think about it we can even do church without the work of God that's the thing we often do now we intellectualize things away this is flesh and this has been influenced by the spell the miraculous we explain it away oh well that seemed miraculous or supernatural but probably not Jesus said in Luke 16, 31, if they don't believe Moses and the prophets, Jesus said they wouldn't believe someone if they rose from the dead. Because the spell is so strong, it's all around. But again, to a Christian, it has no power. It doesn't have to. Don't be influenced by the spell so that you couldn't see the will of God if it slapped you upside the face. <laughs> Man, that... I got to take that out. That's not a joke. People don't laugh at that. <laughs> Strike two. That was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> you wouldn't see, I read it. You wouldn't see God if you slapped the upside of the face. <laughs> take that out. Okay. If we had a third service, I might take that out. Where did this spell come from? The spell is a result of sin. The spell maintains its power and momentum through sin. And Jesus came to break that. But all this explaining away, all this brushing it off, this is a product of the spell that maintains its power through sin. And let's look at that. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. And, I'll, and I want to share a little bit about where, when it started. Let's go to the beginning where the man and the woman ate the fruit. Genesis chapter 3. I hear your Bibles. That's really cool. Keep flipping the pages. If you're flipping a lot, you're probably going somewhere wrong because it's like two pages in. <laughs> uh, sorry. Just tell you that. <laughs> All right. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. So again, I'll preface this. This is um, when God created Adam and Eve in the garden and uh, the serpent deceived them, right? And they ate the fruit. It wasn't an apple. They ate the fruit. Uh, it was pleasing to the eye. And then something happened. Things changed from there. So Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. If you don't have a Bible there, we encourage you to bring your Bible every week. Um, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I love that. It's like such cool imagery there. Walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I think that's the way God intended it to be. Yes. Like when he, when he talks about if, if uh, all you who labor, all you work, come find your rest. Like that, that's like a restoration of that in my opinion. Okay. In the, 
back to this. Stay on track. In the cool of the day, and they hid. Everyone say hid. hid. From the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man. The Lord God called to the man still. Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. Everyone say afraid. afraid. Because I was naked. Say naked. Ha! <laughs> you said naked? All right. <laughs> so I hid. Everyone say hid. Leave the past behind you guys. Come on. And he said, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were inadequate? Who told you you were flawed? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Have you walked outside of the parameters that I set for your life? You would have so much freedom to name the animals, to name the fish. You could do whatever you wanted. I just set these, this small amount of parameters for you, man. Then the man said, the woman you put here with me, not the bride, not that hot stuff he was talking about two days ago. <laughs> this woman you put, this woman, isn't that what we do? This woman you put here, I don't do that, Chantel, I don't do that. She gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. God still came looking. God still comes looking for you. You don't need to hide. You don't need to be afraid. God knows the depths of your heart. Loves you the same. See what sin does. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, right? Not death, nor life, not angels, nor demons, not, not anything in heaven or heaven. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And God's not into disqualifying you. But what sin does, it makes you see God differently. It makes you see yourself differently. It makes you see others differently. It's right here. Right here in Genesis chapter 3. We made us see ourselves differently. We were afraid and we hid because we were, we were naked. You think there was something God didn't know already? So sin, not, God was still coming. God was still coming. God was still coming. But I was afraid and I hid. Why? Because of sin. Sin makes you see yourself differently. Sin makes you see others differently. This stinking woman... Not my, not my bride anymore. Not this beautiful person that God's created for my help and my benefit. A suitable helpmate for me. This woman. See, that's what sin does. It, it brings a dividing wall between you and other people. Come on. Come on, church folk. That's what sin does. Not God. For a kingdom, his kingdom divided against itself cannot, will not stand. So of course the enemy will want you to be divided. Want you to make a case, just like him. I make a case and these persons check this box, check this box, check this box. Sin makes you see others differently and sin of course makes you see God 
differently? Why would God want to speak to me? Why would God want to answer my prayers? Why would God want to have a conversation with me? Meet me in his presence. Fill me with joy. Uh, restore what the locusts have eaten. Why would God want, want to give me a life more abundantly? You see, sin has caused you to feel that way and to see that way. But again, for the hundredth millionth time, Christ broke the curse. And God, it sounds scandalous. You have a scandalous lover of a God who loves like the, like the Hosea loved the prostitute Gomer who went after her and chased after her even though she went after other lovers. That's your God and that's what he does. And he'll do time and time again. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, you need to give him a louder praise than that. Come on, it's not deserving. I couldn't earn it, but he did it. He did it. He did it, and he'll do it again. It's the will of God. There's no dividing wall of hostility. When the veil was torn, it's been torn, baby. You can enter into the presence of the holiest God, of the other, of when the, the elders are around the throne, man, and, the, and they're bowing down and laying their crowns, and the creatures, these massive creatures that we would fall as if dead, they're covering their face, saying, holy, 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 and this guy is your father, man. This guy is your father, the one on the throne. And this guy comes to me while I spit in his face, while I see the right way to go and I choose the wrong way, when I choose temporary fix over his eternal salvation and resting in the work of he's done, he still comes and he still comes and he still comes. Thanks be to God. Oh God, and I can't seek your will. <laughs> I can't seek your kingdom. I can't even ask for your kingdom because I want mine. Sin is dangerous and it changes perception of reality. Again, it doesn't keep you from God, but it changes your view. It changes your perception of reality and sin distorts your vision. Sin perverts your childlike spirit and sin is the worst thing we can do. You guys are just loving this right now, aren't you? <laughs> Jesus was the perfect will of God. Not influenced by the spell. He gives us our model. If any man shall follow me, let him take up his cross and follow me and learn from me. He did not sin. He was perfect. He was blameless and flawless. He had no inclination or susceptibility to sin. He was tested. He was tempted. Yet he did not sin. And so he saw God perfectly because he had no sin. He had perfect perception, perfect vision, and perfect rhythm. Was it because he was God in the flesh or because was it living according to the spell? I don't know. But John 2 tells me that he needed no testimony about man because he knew what was in people. Wow. He knew the influence of the spell and the man not under the spell didn't need their affirmation. <laughs> let's open our Bibles to second, well, your Bible is open. So let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 
I want us to talk about some of the fight, some of the battleground. I think Paul puts it perfectly, um, and this will just finish it up. Nice. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Come on. Get a good amen. That's great. Praise the Lord. See, I told you, devil, when I, get, when I got this mic, and the best is yet to come. I'm, believe, <laughs> I'm believing the best is yet to come. Come on. Might not be, be easy, but the best is yet to come. As for you, follow me, Jesus said. Don't look to the right or to the left. Well, what about them? What about those guys? As for you, follow me. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Um, anyone you forgive, I do too. This is Paul writing. I think it's really cool. For what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, it is for your benefit in the presence of Christ. Now, now look at this. Look at this. Now, this is talking about forgiveness, unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment. But I think this, is, this can also encapsulate the entirety of the spell. So that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan, church. For we are not ignorant or unaware of his schemes. Come on, husband, wife, mom, dad, grandparent, leader of the church. Come on. We are not ignorant. Now, I played sports, and we, we have a scheme, right? And you try to learn about the other people's schemes, and they try to exploit the positions. Like, they would always run away from me and stuff. Like, it's stupid. I couldn't get tackles, whatever. But there was a scheme that we had for the, right? You're trying to exploit their weaknesses and take advantage of their spots. And the enemy does the same thing with us. He knows what gets us. He knows what gets to us. He knows what works to try to get in there and be divisive and, and divide. But we, church, are awake. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We do not have to be ignorant of the schemes of the enemy. We can see it and call it out. You know what? Almost every, almost every time that I'm about to preach or something amazing about, like about to happen with me and the Lord, I feel like, I feel like the enemy shows his hand too quick. There's always some sort of tension, always some sort of struggle. Maybe I get in a fight with Chantel or something. There's always something. But you know what I know because I'm not ignorant of his schemes? You showed your hand too quick, baby. There must be something God wants to do. There must be something God wants to say. There must be somebody God wants to deliver and set free. There must be somebody God wants to save today because uh, the enemy showed his hand, man. Trying, baby. <laughs> oh, show your hands. Who quick, man? Second Corinthians ten four. The weapons. Next slide. Second Corinthians ten four. I like that you guys are going into it in your Bible. That's so that's so cool because you can always look back to it, underline it, highlight it. The weapons we fight with are not Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> subtweeting. That is such a joke, Christian. Okay, so the weapons we fight with are not of the world. They're not machine guns. They're not with our fist. 
But the weapons we fight with have divine power to demolish, demolish strongholds, to demolish things that have held you for years. Generational curses that have been on your family and been on your friends. And then God can use you to influence it. God can use you as a light in the darkness. I heard Stephanie Gretzinger say, surround me with darkness and still I will shine. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. I'm telling you, the spell, the spell has worked because we have not walked in this. We have not walked in this authority like we ought to, man. We ought to take advantage. That's what I say. I've always said that before. I want to read scripture and go, I want to take God up on that. I want to take him up on that offer right there. The weapons of warfare have the power to demolish strongholds. I'll just say it again. And that includes Facebook posts, Twitter, gossip, slander, and, and machine guns. That ain't us. No. It's different. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted. Oh God, battle be long. This is how I fight my battles. Come on now. Amen. You can fight the devil with a song, man. Second Corinthians four eighteen. This is man, this is when I learned this in like middle school and this got me through middle school, high school so important for the believer to have the right perception and context of where you are because especially young people there's a lot of young people in this place you can get so caught up in what's going on now that you think it's just like it's so overwhelming now is all there is I gotta have a girlfriend now I gotta do this now I gotta be successful have this platform have these followers now trust me I've been there but this, this really, really should help you. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen, guys, is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. As for you, follow me. As for you, some of you, some of you are so in the will of God and you don't even know it. Some of you, the obedience that you've been walking in, uh, yeah, you're not perfect, but the decisions, I just felt the Holy Spirit as I was praying, preparing this, saying, you don't, some of you don't even realize how in the will of God you are. How revolutionary it is for your family, for you to bring your family here to church and to try to raise them right and to try to give them the best opportunity to walk with Jesus and to live a life of purpose and meaning. Guys, the choices that you're making in the will of God today can have generational effect. Amen. The obedience that you're walking in to his voice, you don't even realize the significance a part of his bigger story. So supernatural, so miraculous. 
And yet the enemy will challenge it every time. Just you being here today, you should give God praise. It's not by coincidence that you're here. He's ordained. He's ordained these moments for you. He still comes to you. And you can feel like Adam and Eve. Ah, so I, I hid, God. And I come into church and I try to smile. And Tim Scott freaking knows my name. And, <laughs> and I try to hide, but like calls me out of the darkness. <laughs> You're in the will of God. I want to encourage you with that. You're making steps. But maybe, maybe, maybe God's raising up a standard among you and your household that says, all right, baby, as for me and my house, we are not going to bow or budge to this spell. We are not going to flirt with it anymore. We can't afford to flirt with the enemy's schemes. Let's have the band come up. We're just going to finish. Can we stand, guys? Luke 17, do a couple more verses and then we'll, we'll be out of here. I really want, I really encourage you out of this, maybe in the last song or that you would come to an altar and you would find a place with the Lord and pray that prayer. God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said in Luke 17 verse 20, in 21, the kingdom of God is not coming with something observable. No, no one will say, see here or there. Or you see, the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's here. The kingdom of God. Jesus brought the kingdom of God. And the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell, it was manifest. And the working of the Spirit came to live inside of the believers. And he wants to come and live inside of you and raise you up with power from on high so that you can be his witnesses. So to close, I just felt a couple scriptures that I want to share regarding the spell. Luke 13, verse 12. Come on, could we just lift our worship right here, right now? God, we welcome you. Lord, we welcome the work of your spirit. Come on, you need the will of God in your life. God, come on, you can lift your voice. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done right here, right now. Speak to us. Jesus, we honor you. Jesus, we fix our eyes on you. There's no one like you. There's no one like your ministry. There's no one like your leadership. So you minister right, right here, right now, Jesus, as we read your word. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, 
you are freed from your sickness. You are free from the spell. You are free from your bondage. Oh, gosh. I just really, I love Jesus. And I, I think he's the same. I think he's the same person. And he comes to you today. You in chains, you bound up. Calls you out. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately, she was made erect again. And began glorifying God. She took the mic again. She stood up strong again. She trusted in the Lord again. She was raised up in faith again because Jesus touched her. He called her. Come on. He set her free. Oh, the spell has influenced for too long. Let's stop letting it influence us, guys. The synagogue official, <laughs> under the spell maybe, Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, began saying to the crowd in response, there are six days in which work should be done, so come during them and get healed, not on the Sabbath day. Amen. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead them away to water him? And this woman, a daughter of Abraham, as you are, from the seed of Jesus and what he's done for you. You get the generational blessing of Abraham. A daughter of Abraham as she is. Whom Satan has bound. It's not always what it seems. Who Satan has bound for 18 long years. Should she not be released on this Sabbath day? She should be released. You should be released. Come on, you should be released. Be set free, daughter. Be set free, son. Oh, I know you've been praying for 18 years and the enemy under the spell is coming to you to stop. He's coming to say, stop praying that prayer. Stop thinking that big. Stop dreaming. Oh, Jesus. Oh, set him free, Lord. That's what you've come to do today. Set us free. Set them free. Release them. Oh, release the captives to be captive by your love. Set them free. Deliver them from conformity to the world. Oh, stand up. Stand strong. And remember Matthew 7. Because the spell... The spell has tried to infiltrate our ranks. The spell has tried to come and indoctrinate us into who our daddy really is and what he really wants to do, what he really wants to do in your life. What man is there among you who when his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil in comparison, know how to give good gifts to your sons how much more will your father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him he's restoring the heart of the father he's restoring his church today 
Trust in the will of God. Ask for his kingdom to come. Ask for his will to be done. And watch what God does in your life. Come on, say amen. Amen. We give him praise. Let's worship. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin. And thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.